pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 187 of the Severe MMA podcast. And joining me today with Graham away on a bit of an emergency is Niall McGrath to talk about the big fights last night and the week of MMA and the week ahead. Niall, how are you? Great, Sean. How are you keeping, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad now. I'm very, very thankful for you to, for, for stepping in on short notice, very short notice with me. You're a, you're a legend. Fair play to you. So, no uh, worries, man. I have a bit of a dose. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into it, but... <laughs> I was telling you off air, but I'll survive. If if I have to run, you know why. Yes, yes, I I can carry on anyway. I keep the show going if uh, <laughs> if you have to run to um um the other room. Let's let's <laughs> let's put it that way. But uh, any crack anyway with you or our thing getting ready here for the the big derby game later on. You looking forward to? Yeah. Do, you, do you have Man United any chance? Yeah, no, I think I'm I'm very hopeful after the last number of weeks. I think they've you know shown a lot of resolve in recent weeks. Obviously, the result against Juventus, I think. Um, the players look as though they're really putting in shifts now and a bit of grit. We're seeing, uh, you know, Sanchez run around and anti Martial tracking back the other night. So, yeah, listen, I'm very hopeful. Very hopeful for a result today in Old Trafford. Release Big Romelu point. Lukaku, that's all I'll say about it. Release him. He's yeah, the, the rumour is he's starting today. Oh, so, God, I'm, not, no. I'm not happy about it. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Pogba's supposed to be injured as well, so people are probably listening to this after the matches happen, so it's <laughs> kind of pointless. But anyway, hopefully Man United win, but um, I don't think they will. But anyway, let's get into the let's get into the fights last night. For me, coming out of these fights last night, it was like it was a bit of a, a joyous occasion. It's like it's not often we come out of a fight night card kind of feeling like happy and feeling like we saw something that actually made a difference. But like I, I kind of tweeted last night that the Benil Darius, Donald Cerrone, and Yaya Rodriguez fights were kind of like uplifting. They were guys who were coming from you know, and Jermaine Durand me as well to an extent, coming from kind of setbacks in their career, being knocked down, to come and rise back up in great, you know, not great, all great fights. Mm. The top two were great fights, but the Darius was a great performance from what he needed. It, it was just one of those nights, wasn't it, where yeah. these people kind of rose from the ashes to kind of remind us how great they are. Definitely. It was it, the whole card of that sort of feel, like guys that, you know, they've probably got to that gatekeeper status in their careers and never really got past it. But, you know, as you said, like Benil Darush, Jermaine Duramante, Randami, Donald Cerrone, and obviously Yara Rodriguez as well. So, you know, it was one of those nights where it was, um, you know, probably not on paper the strongest card in the world, mm -hmm. but it was a fight card that, you know, I really, really enjoyed in the end. And, and listen, you just look at the last two fights, the co-main and main event, and you see um, that old sort of, cerebral Donald Cerrone it was a lot more calculated from Donald I thought in, uh, last night in the fight and obviously Yara Rodriguez as well you know still still quite raw in my opinion but you know a phenomenal finish to finish that with an elbow one second to go as well you know what stories um, we've taken from this card last night and you got to feel sorry for Chang Sung Jung as well you know I had him winning the fight all the way up to that point and then um, spinning shit on dozen but you know fair play to Yair for being so um so what's the word I want to use? So so flashy and mm. and um, flowy. So I, I, flowy. I think flowy art and flowy. I think he wants to to really sort of please the crowd. I think we sort of heard that afterwards in his post fight speech as well. That you know he, he's he, he's there to entertain as well and, and be happy. I think maybe he was suffering a few issues that we're unaware of. Uh, you know when he did pull out of those couple of fights and and you know he was released for a period of time from the UFC and then obviously Dana re-signed him. So yeah, listen, great night. Um, you know, not the stars to the card. We probably 
we're expecting for a 25th anniversary. But listen, how can anyone argue with that main event last night? It's one of the fights of the year. And obviously, I don't think we're going to see a better uh, KO than that, Sean, in, yeah. in, uh, in the year. That's KO the year for me. It's going to take a lot, lot to beat that. Yeah. Just from... 100%. Let's, let's get into this fight a little bit more. Like, let's talk about the KO first. So, a lot of people last night I saw, saw talking about it was fluky. It was a lucky shot. I thought it was anything but... Okay, it was lucky, but it wasn't fluky. He he threw Not that. He meant to throw it. He saw Chan Sung Jung coming in with the jab. He dodged it, got under it, knew where his head was going to be aimed first and hit it there is nothing fluky about that okay you know he wasn't looking and he was kind of aiming for where he thought he would be so there's a, a bit of look to it i'll give you that but not fluky at all it was you know well, it's, there's, a big, there's a bit of look to every shot of there's course a bit, yeah. of look, a bit of look to every spinning shit that you throw in, in mixed martial arts and yard did it you know right from the get-go last night in terms of his kicks as well he was trying um you know spinning back kicks he was trying spinning back fists all night long in that fight and you know it is the it's, you know it's obviously a reckless thing to do but man that was so well timed and I actually I, I agree with you I thought it was a fluke at the start I thought I didn't know what I was watching when I saw it the first time it looked as though as Paul Felder said in the commentary that it might have been a clash of heads mm-hmm. but when you see the other angle and you see the timing and the awareness he showed to, to throw that elbow up it was absolute phenomenal um, f- phenomenally thrown and well timed mm-hmm. and listen you're, you're you're doing stuff like that. You take the good with the bad, and you know it's not a fluke. You know you're going to try stuff. Sometimes you're obviously not going to um, get off, as we saw last night earlier on in the rounds with Riyar Rodriguez. But ultimately, like <laughs> one second to go, <laughs> you know, unbelievable to land it. But uh, listen, fascinating uh, stuff and an unbelievable finish from Rodriguez. No fluke, not at all. Get I, out of here. I think the one of the most insane things as well is he took this fight in short notice. You know, Frankie Edgar got injured a few weeks ago and he comes in and does that in the last second of the fifth round. Like, talk, you could talk about the Ari Rodriguez. You know, a lot of people maybe questioned his heart and stuff after that Frankie Edgar yeah. fight. You can't question him after that. He's, his desire, no. his ability to keep going for five rounds absolutely fucking phenomenal like like and we'll get into to who won and how the fight was going or who was winning indeed and and how the fight was going but i i was another like heartening thing about last night was that frankie edgar hadn't ruined yaya rodriguez for us all you know it happens sometimes you know guys come in like uh you know you know um Anthony Pettis is kind of the the prime example, maybe. Yeah, of yeah. it, you know, it's 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 sickening to see that happen to guys. They just lose their confidence or they get it beaten out of them. And you know, you were talking there about him being flashy and all. That's exactly it. You, if Yair yeah, Rodriguez had lost right. that, he would have lost everything, wouldn't he? It was great to see that him him coming back and looking so good. You're dead right, and I think you know the the key element there is the time off that he's taken. And yeah. He's obviously got his head together. There might, as I said, I think there was issues, and um, we can sort of read from what he said in the post fight interview that you know he he wants to be happy. You know, maybe he wasn't in a good place in his life. You know, we don't know. And it's that time off that I think has really rejuvenated him coming back in. Obviously, he was training, um, you know, in a training camp before taking this fight. In terms of you know, he was keeping himself fit. Um, otherwise he wouldn't have taken the fight and I think you know he's one of the few guys that actually could have taken the fight because I think he's from Mexico City as well it's obviously at high altitude so that sort of translated a little bit easier over for him Um, obviously fighting in Denver Denver, the mile high city but yeah listen it's great to see a guy um, whose confidence hasn't been damaged after that shot and listen the time off he took you know that's going to stand to him and we've obviously seen it he's 26 man Mm -hmm. he's 26 but the only thing I'd worry about and we're going to talk about it in a minute as you said it's sort of the wars that he's put himself in now yeah. in, in these fights. It's a little bit worrying, and and I think he could do a little bit more to protect himself in terms of being maybe a little bit more calculated with the spinning shit. Um, but yeah, 
listen, man, what a fight, what a performance. And yeah, I'm delighted to, to see him back and, and, and so confident as well after uh, after the fight in the post-fight interview. I, I thought, personally as well, that this fight was kind of a hard fight to score. And maybe it's one I, I'll get Ben Cartledge or someone on to talk about this maybe in, in a, during the week or in a few weeks or whatever. It was it was one of these fights where uh, it's, it's like... Jansung Jung was ahead on the judging cards but I, I don't know I think it's just the judging is weird in this sort of fight because I think Jansung Jung okay maybe he was landing let's say he was landing 90% shots maybe you know maybe 4 or 5 times during a round but I think Yair Rodriguez was landing like 80% shots maybe like 10 times around. and for me I know you're supposed to score the harder shots winning but I think when you're when a guy, volume. yeah, when you got when a guy, it's not just volume, but when a guy is landing hard shots in volume that are maybe slightly less hard than the hard shots the other guy is landing, I think he should win that fight, and I think he should be winning those rounds, and I think that's what Yair Rodriguez did. I think that's I, I understand the judging criteria, and I understand why the judges had it scored like that, and I'm not mm. faulting them for that, but I think the criteria for that needs, I don't know, is it change, change it needs to be, but I think it needs to be just a bit of common sense to it. I think. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, I was, you know, I saw the fight maybe a little bit different to you, to, to you, what you're saying there. Maybe you need yeah. to look it back. But in terms of watching the fight itself, I thought, you know, as I was sort of alluding to there, that Yair Rodriguez, in terms of, you know, what he's doing when he's coming in with these this, the spinning shit and the, the back fists and, and, and the kicks, he's just leaving himself open. He's still very raw in elements of the mm-hmm. stand-up. And I think when Chan Sung Jung is landing these shots, it maybe looks a bit more vicious and a bit more... Um, probably harder on the eye to some aspects and maybe that's where the judges were maybe scoring it mm-hmm. um, for Chang Jung Sung. I sort of did have it for him. I thought Yair needs to tidy up in those areas, the recklessness. But um, listen, the shots that he was landing were, were big as well. It could have gone either way, as you said. And I think very, very um, sort of significant part of the fight was the very first kick. I think he said he threw. Yeah. Um, which Paul Felder alluded to in the commentary that um, he actually he might have broken his foot mm-hmm. on Chang Sung Jung's knee. So, you know, when, you, when, when you're showing that hard, as we, we said a few minutes ago, and, you know, it's a reckless fight like that going back and forth, it's open to perception in the score, and I think a lot more than maybe um, were led on to believe by the judges. I yeah. thought some of the some of the officiating last night was scandalous, by the way, as well. I need to yeah. sort of throw that yeah, in. Oh, geez, we, we, yeah, we, get, we get to that Moffat finish in a second. But, yeah, but, but, I, but, but yeah. I just think, I just think the, the point is, I just think, there's a lot of room for improvement in Yara Rodriguez's stand-up, mm-hmm. I feel. In terms of protecting himself, maybe. In, in terms of his defensive uh, stand-up yeah. skills. Like, last night, I tweeted at the time. I, I, like, watching that fight, it seemed like a fight. Not that uh, who would land more, but kind of who could take more. And I think in the end, it kind of did come down to that. You know, a Korean zombie took a lot. But that just at the end, he couldn't take that that, that lash out. And it was kind of funny was watching the, the Bellew fight before. And, the you know, boxing has... <laughs> A different maybe way of analysing fights sometimes. And, you know, I think it was Carl uh, Frotch talked about how, you know, Bellew would, probably wouldn't have been knocked out by that shot that knocked him out in the end at the start of the, the fight. But yeah. it adds up, it adds up. And I think it's probably the same with Chan Sung Jung. Although that, that was an unbelievable shot, but he is such an iron chin. You know, we've seen him caught with such big shots before. And I don't think he would have been mm-hmm. knocked out with that at the start. But it just added up and added up and added up. And he just couldn't take that last bit of, you know, bit of, of, of gusto at the end. But for me, look, I think Gary Rodriguez he's very very good and he, i understand your point about him maybe needing to take less but he is one of those guys i think if he went in there and tried to fight defensively he wouldn't be as good offensively uh, he's a bit like anthony mm-hmm. pettis as well and i i always talk about anthony pettis but anthony pettis has said that himself uh, i'm sure he's probably said it to you when you you know when you've yeah, interviewed him yeah. and you know he's 
he's one of those guys who needs to go out, needs to maybe eat one or two to land his one or two. And, you know, if he doesn't do that, he's just going to lose. And, that, like, it, it's tough to say that from our point of view because we're looking at this guy and we're telling him to go in there and take shots. Mm. And that's, you know, that's never a good tactic. But it's... You know, is but, it, but is it, it, yeah, even even my sort of point is if, if he if he maybe laid back on a little bit of the spinning stuff and the recklessness yeah. stuff, just a little bit, because, you know, he's going to go up against, um, you know, we, we do expect it again for him to challenge for that um, 145 pound title. If he's gone in against a guy like Brian Ortega, he's going to get knocked flat in his arse. He's going to get taken down. He's going to get submitted mm-hmm. if he keeps, um, you know, implementing the flashy elements of his game. To a certain extent, it, it's fine doing it, you know, here and there. But I think when you're doing it the whole time, we did see a lot, a lot of attempts last night um, of that kind of uh, style of fighting, which obviously, you know, he's very good at. But, mm-hmm. but maybe just reduce it down a little bit notch, be a little bit less more reckless. And I think that we'll even see greater um, rewards for Yara Rodriguez going forward. Yeah, it's amazing how his cardio was able to keep up when he was throwing so much of it. Like in the third round, I was kind amazing, of, yeah. I, I was kind of thinking the same as you. I was like, Jesus, cool it down a little bit here. And like, especially, I, and you mentioned the, the broken foot as well. You know, Felder, Felder called it on commentary that he hit the elbow, but I actually think what happened was, and and uh, Yara Rodriguez said it was the, uh, the it was the knee just before it. But I think Felder called it because Yara Rodriguez showed it after he hit the elbow more than he hit the knee. Like I was watching it with with Patrick last night, and I got fuck he. Can't keep throwing kicks like that. He, yeah. he he hit it on the foot. It was on the foot rather than on the leg. You know, one of those where he kind of checks it a little bit and it just slips up a little bit and it looked bad. You know, t- to add that into a short notice camp, into him throwing so much flashy shit, this guy is unbelievable the amount of cardio he has and you know he, he can't fall yeah, but it's amazing. What Chan Sung Jung as well just before, before we move on from this fight like I watched I did a rewatch during the week and I watched the, the Dylan Garcia fight and I watched a couple more of his fights and I think this guy is one of the most underrated technicians in the game I think he's really yeah. good like uh, you're, you're talking about there that, those straight shots he was landing down uh, through the middle against Yair Rodriguez you know his ability to counter Yair coming up over the top with that right hand uh, the the uh, the uh, hook over the top of Yair Rodriguez's lead was just really, really good. To dodge most of that spinning shit all the time, really good. Landed, you know, he was landing the bigger shots, uh, you know, as I alluded to. I think Yair was, ra- was landing a little bit more. But, like, this mm. guy this guy is a guy who's only fought, what, once or twice in the last five years, years or something yeah, like that? Four or five and years. for him to come in to look as good as that against a guy as good as Yair Rodriguez and for Yair to look as good as well, but almost 20 months out of the cage... You know, how brilliant! What, what do you think of Chan Sung Jung's performance? Ah, uh, yeah. Listen, you know. uh, how can you how can you fault either guy for that fight last night? Both phenomenal um, competitors, phenomenal athletes, and and a guy who I um, have a lot of admiration for is Chan Sung Jung. Obviously, the the military service kept him away for a couple of years, but I think that's been the problem. Obviously, over the last number of years, that he hasn't had that consistency, yeah. that fluidity in the terms of fights that he's been able to get in there in the octagon. I think that's maybe sometimes you forget these guys. He's like a rarity when we see him, and it's and it's so great to see him yeah. fight. That you know, you let him away with a loss like this. This isn't this isn't you know a loss. Both guys. 100%. Won, the, won that fight last night. It was an absolute phenomenal. One second to go. It doesn't take away any of his stock, any of his pulling power. And I'm just looking forward to seeing, hopefully in 2019, him get two or three fights and kick on up in that featherweight division. Because there's some smashing fights with the emergence of the talent we've seen over the last number of uh, years that are coming to uh, the forefront of the UFC featherweight division. It's, it's a really exciting division. I think it's even it's it's even better than uh, uh, when, when Conor McGregor was in it. And, yeah. 
that was a, a pretty stacked division at the time. But yeah, listen, loads more to to, to take out from this guy. Absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. competitor. And on, on the finish, I, like I was thinking about where it ranks in the all-time greatest knockouts. Like obviously, Edson Barbosa, Terry Adam is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonzaga on uh, on Mirko Kokop. Yeah, I think Wonder Boys KO of Dan Stitchin has to be up there as well. There's there's lots of great ones. Obviously, Anderson Silva with the front kick to the face. Yeah. And probably missing loads more. But this to me, just when it came, you know, where it came on chart notes and everything like that. I know it happened like 10 hours ago, so maybe it's recency it's fairy bias. Fairytale shit, Sean. It's it's fairy tale shit. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, t- 25th anniversary in Denver. Um, obviously not the same arena that um, UFC 1 took place. It's It was knocked down and stuff. I think Laura Sanko did a little piece on it last night. Um, you know, what What a moment to do it. It's just fairy tale stuff, really. And uh, for Yara Rodriguez as well, but, you know, the whole comeback, the whole issues he's had with the UFC and Dana White. It's a uh, it, it's a re- it's, it's a heartwarming story. I think it's one of those cards where we see the the lads rising from the ashes and then, yeah. uh, and coming back. It was uh, it was great stuff. 100%. Really heart heartwarming. Indeed. Sean, Indeed. we don't often say that in mixed martial arts. A heartwarming story, but <laughs> it was it was. Joe Bradley love it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Before we get to the other fights, well, you know, you mentioned UFC 1 there. They, they brought back the graphics. They did a little bit of music and stuff like that. And they did, like, the jiu-jitsu versus boxing and stuff for the fights. I absolutely loved it. You know, these cards become very samey. And maybe this was another reason why this card felt a bit heartwarming and positive coming out of it. It was just, just great. Go back to those graphics. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're way better. Bring them back ESPN when it's on ESPN. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I doubt they will, but yeah, it looked cool. Uh, I was really impressed with the um, production last night. It was it was awesome. And the, there was nice little segments as well, as I said, the one with Laura Sanko, you know, going back to the original spot, mm-hmm. um, which is now a car park. And <laughs> just, you know, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. It was just, um, it, it was just sort of poignant moments. And uh, well done, the UFC. And I, I wouldn't often say that, but it was the, the card went, uh, it was a great card last mm-hmm. night. I really enjoyed it. And another thing is, what about your boy Paul Felder? This guy, he's just becoming such a phenomenal commentator, I think. And I like last night, especially that that violent Bob Ross fight. Like it really stood out to me because that would have been an easy fight if Joe Rogan was commentating on that fight. He would have been calling everything for Lewis Pena because he's the prospect. He's the guy you know people know. He would have been yeah. calling it all for him. But Felder called it down the middle. He called exactly what happened. I like I. He's a Macadoona. He, so he, he did it. He, he did it last week as well. You know, he mm-hmm. goes, "Oh, this fight's over." Like about, about a minute before it's over, mm-hmm. he's uh, you know he's been very impressive in the boot so far, and I think um, credit to Paul and obviously you know Paul pretty well. And, and Paul's a guy, you know, with he, he wasn't sure on a fighter. It was a European fighter or something. He he he'd go out of his way to do his research on that fighter, and he's watched hours and hours of footage. Um, you know, uh, I think it was, what card did he do? Um, there was a lot of European fighters on it recently. Uh, whatever card it possibly by now, but he was, you know, on text going, oh, we, you know, what's this guy like? He, he goes above and beyond um, to watch back tape of fights, and he's done a fantastic job. I just hope he's uh, he's not eating chunks of Kerrygold, and we'll see him at uh, 100, <laughs> 205 pounds soon, because he's uh, he's looking pretty fat at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> keep him off the vines keep him away no, no, he's done a fantastic job I think it's um, it's just as an awareness 
um, especially, you know, and even some of the ground stuff he's calling. Paul isn't the best guy in the world on the ground, and he'll, you know, he'd be the first one to admit it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's just very, very aware of what he's seeing. Um, and he's not afraid to call it either, make a prediction while he's in there in the fight. Yeah, very good. And calling him as well, I think it was Mike Perry punching him in the face and he was calling him straight down the middle, which I love. That was that was really good. But speaking of Mike Perry, let's let's get into that fight. Perry against Cerrone. To me, like, you know, myself and Graham talked about in the podcast last week, I'm sure you did as well. Like, Mike Perry, or Don Cerrone is, is a better fighter than, than Mike Perry. I think, you know, most people who are experts and who, who would, you know, watch fights a lot would, would agree on that. But, like, it doesn't always win you fights. Mike Perry has more power. Donald Cerrone sometimes can be, you know, fragile and mentally weak and stuff. And, you know, in, in that fight, we saw a lot of clinching and a lot of work to the body and a lot of shots to the body. And Cerrone could have wilted there. And he has in the past wilted in, in that sort of position. Mm. But last night, something seemed different about uh, Donald Cerrone. You know, he seemed comfortable. He seemed like everywhere the fight was going to go, he was going to win it. You know, he, that clinch especially. He was winning in that clinch. You know, when he pushed it against the fence in a clinch there, he won it there. He won the strength. Striking. When the fight got to the ground and Perry ended up on top of him, he did one of the most brilliant reversals I've ever seen. He it was, was unbelievable. In, yeah, if, if people haven't seen it, he so Perry was on top of him, uh, inside control. Cerrone turned, gave him his back, lifted him up like a fireman's carry, turned him over, flipped him on Perry's back, and landed on top of Perry, which ended up he, he went for a triangle, I believe, in an armbar. Then Perry yeah. kind of slammed him, got down on top, uh, or no, per, Perry put him down on his back. Then Cerrone got the armbar again. Perry slammed him, and he, you know, sunk in the armbar. Ended up breaking his arm, according to Perry, yeah. and got the tap. Absolutely phenomenal. This is not something we normally see from Dan Cerrone, is it? He was so comfortable in there. I think, um, you know, he sort of alluded to it last night. Um, I listened to a post-fight interview this morning. Um, with Donald, and I think, you know, he had another job at Jackson uh, Winklejohn, uh, Mike Winklejohn, saying it's the first time in his career he's gone into the fight with a game plan. Um, so, you know, it, you know, maybe it is, you know, I know they've, like that, it, this has been going on for a long time. I was just surprised at sort of the timing of it. I think everyone's sort of known they've had a very, very fractured relationship. But maybe it is that. Maybe he's gone in with a game plan and he's more confident. Like, if you look at Donald when he walked out last night, that's the coolest we've ever seen Donald walk out to an octagon mm-hmm. in Denver. We've always seen, you know, he's. I think he's self-admittedly uh, admitted that he's been very, very anxious backstage when he's came out before. There was not a bother in Donald Cerrone in the world last night. And maybe that is the fact that he's implementing um, a game plan now. He's more confident uh, when he's going out and doing what he's doing. And, you know, I, I think he said about fatherhood as well. Maybe that's calmed him down. There's a very, very different mindset in Donald Cerrone uh, uh, from what we used to see. Mm-hmm. He's way more cool. He's way more composed. He's way more thoughtful. Um, he's not the brush, sort of arrogant, uh, bit of an arsehole that we used to see um, a number of years ago. He's definitely calmed down, and I think that's going to benefit him a huge amount. I don't know if he can make a run for the title. I'm not so sure about that £155. But that was a super, super performance from Donald Cerrone last night. And as we said, another guy you know, coming back really from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him down at 155 But for Mike Perry, I would say... I just haven't seen enough improvements in Mike Perry in his career. I think he's still a very, very raw fighter, very, very sloppy at times. And I just think this aggression that he comes out with, you know, uh, even, you know, we saw it last night screaming and shouting when he's coming into the cage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's sort of reckless. And I think he fights that way as well. It translates over. Two very contrasting styles from Donald Cerrone and um, obviously Mike Perry in, in, in the way they think now. And I think, you know, maybe even Mike Perry could take a leaf out of Donald Cerrone's book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it works for him. I, I don't think it works for him. Even that fight against Paul Felder, you know, Paul broke his arm in the first. Mm-hmm. 
And I think one of the judges, I think that was even a split decision. You know, he really should have finished that fight, um, considering the injury that Paul Felder sustained in that mm. fight, like snapped his his arm in half, literally, and, and fought on for three rounds. So, yeah, still very raw for me, Perry. But you know, Don Cerrone, phenomenal stuff, yeah, phenomenal. Per- Perry is just one of those guys who wants to come out and knock your head off, which you know you can't fault. But there's no intelligence behind yes, it, really. That- there, there's, there's very little. Like in Cerrone as well. I think the point on Cerrone, and Cerrone's a guy who I think is very badly analyzed. Like I think Cerrone is a guy who almost always beats fighters that are worse than him which may seem like an odd thing to say but it, it's kind of true if you look at his record like all nearly all of the lads he's beaten are just better fighters than him and we tend yeah. to like maybe overrate Cerrone a little bit and expect more out of him than than he should get and then you know when he loses we kind of we you know we make excuses for why he's losing and stuff but you know maybe the guys who beat, beat him are a little bit mentally stronger they're a little bit physically stronger they're a little bit technically better and you know that's why he loses but you know maybe Cerrone because he fights so often he comes in on like six fight win streaks into fights and then he loses and we're like oh Cerrone shit to bed again you know and I've even said that in the past I'm not gonna lie (laughs) and Graham says it all the time but like it's it is one of those things where maybe you know we analyze him a little you know it's a bit bit like Man United these days like okay they're winning they win a a lot of games and then they go into maybe a big game and they end up losing or stuff and then you know we're talking about oh why are they losing this game well they're just not that fucking good really like they're not they're not as good as some of these teams and stuff and I think that's kind of the same with Cerrone that like you know, and especially he's getting on in his career now, and maybe this is a funny time to say it, but I, I think it's it's not really a negative thing. It's like someone who can rise and actually beat all the mm. guys that are worse than him in MMA. That, 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 that doesn't happen that often. Like, you know, it's... it's yeah, no, I agree. You know, but I but I think, it, it's as he said there, like last night, it's 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 finally time to share it off the pot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what Cerrone's mindset is now, and I think maybe it's a good thing for him because he doesn't seem to care. He You know... He's not getting pent up and nervous going out to fights. Um, when you see that, we often see, you know, I thought Conor McGregor looked nervous walking out against yeah. Habib. And that's the first time I've really ever seen Conor look that sort of nervous. And, you know, it showed in the fight. He didn't really do anything well. It was a terrible performance, in my opinion. And I think that's what we've seen with Cowboy a lot in the past. And as you said there, yeah, listen, if you do look at his record, guys who are better have just beaten him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really as simple as that. But I think maybe this is the second coming and maybe this is the time where we're going to see Donald Cerrone. And I think obviously the kid has made a big difference in his life. Now you could tell that last night, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that, that is the, the calming thing he's needed in his life mm-hmm. to, to finally realize how good he is at MMA. And listen, I think we've looked at fights as well from Donald in the past and we've been disappointed with his performances. Yeah. Really. If you look at me, you know, there were half a Sanya's fight. I was at the fight in, uh, in, in Orlando when, um, he, he got whooped around for that, um, UFC lightweight title, you know, it was a terrible performance. You know, better fighter again, though, isn't it? He's better, on the fight, doors, better fighter again, but you would have expected more. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have expected a better performance from Donald, and I think we might see that over the coming um, year. And he's obviously going to fight about a hundred times in 2019, but it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually kick on now and and, and really put in a performance like he did last night, where there was a lot more thought, I felt anyway, behind the performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I talked about last week talking about maybe MMA fans getting a bit negative to some fights and stuff but I, I tweeted last night Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone maybe happening 
a lot of people are actually positive towards it. You know, I think maybe McGregor putting up that Instagram post saying he's ready to fight who's whoever's coming yeah, next whoever. if he doesn't get the Habib fight. Maybe Cerrone makes a little bit of sense. You know, not the toughest matchup in the world for McGregor. Maybe a good one to get him, you know, back to winning ways. And, you know, it's, it's a winnable fight for Cerrone as well. We saw Cerrone on the ground last night. He's an absolute mm. dynamo on the ground if he can get it there. And, you know, we, we know McGregor's weakness on the ground. I, okay, you know, is that, you know, if you have McGregor, you're probably going to make him the headliner in the card. Is that a big enough fight to headline? Maybe not. Maybe it's maybe it's a big enough fight to put in the co-main event if that's the, the placement McGregor wants to go. It's it's tough to know what they're going to do with him. Is there any chance that that fight actually happens? Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not do it? You know, there's a bit of beef there as well from past press conferences. Um, you know, Donald's probably looking for a big fight at this stage of his career. As he alluded to last night, like let's make one final run towards the title. And if he wants to go towards that 155 pound title, Conor McGregor's there, and Conor McGregor's going to be in his way. And you know, Donald's a very, very popular fighter. Um, that upper echelon sort of level, gatekeeper sort of status, a lot of social media following. Why not? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't the UFC do it? If Conor wants to wants to do that, you know, obviously the fight I'd like to see is him and Tony Ferguson. If if Habib is is going to get suspended or whatever the situation there, it's either Habib. Tony, Connor, Tony for me. Um, I'm not sure if, if you know, Connor will take the Ferguson fight, which I don't think he probably will. Um, you know, that's that's a pretty good call, Sean. If he's if he's going back to 155, mm. you know, I definitely see it. And I'd, uh, I'd like to see that fight. That'll be a, a cracking fight. Let's make it happen. Right, before we get to some, other de- some of these other fights, what about this finish in the Bobby Moffat Chaz Skelly fight? It, oh, man. It, if people haven't seen it, okay, uh, I'll try to talk you through what happened. Okay. Uh, Bobby Moffat got Chaz Skelly in a Darce choke. Uh, they were, you know, as they do, kind of moving like uh, like clock hands around the octagon. One guy trying to uh, loosen it, one guy trying to tighten it. Uh, Chaz Skelly was defending. He was trying to pull the leg up, trying to get his hand across his leg. Um, looked, his hand stopped moving for a second, and I don't ah. think it went limp or anything. Nah, I, nah, I, I, not but at just all. A, a millisecond, not even a second. And the referee stepped in and stopped it. Which, look, I can understand the mistake. Then what happens is the referee went to the instant replay as he should have, looked at his own decision, the, the same referee who made the decision, looked at his decision, and unsurprisingly called his own decision correct. When I think to, clearly to most people, it wasn't correct. This was just a complete shit show, wasn't it? Absolute shit show, and um, yeah, it, listen, go have a look at it, guys, if you haven't already seen it. You know, there's no way the fight should have been stopped. I'm glad we're seeing this use of the replay, though. It's it, it's a good thing, obviously. But you know, sometimes, and I know it's it's going to be a hard one for them to, you know, the commissions and all to to maybe broker this. But why can't we restart fights in certain situations? Yeah, do you not agree with that? I, I do, but that you know, a lot of the time in MMA is we have to talk about the rules. Yeah, I, in know, which they are at the moment, and like I think the biggest problem with last night is the rules weren't implemented correctly. Like what what I should what I think should happen, and you know, Ariel tweeted one of my tweets last night, and this you know I was thinking along the same way, right? Mm. Kevin McDonald, no, it wasn't Kevin McDonald. Let, let's say whoever. Let's say Mark uh, Mark Goddard is the ref outside outside the cage. Let's say John McCarthy is the ref inside the cage. John McCarthy makes his call. They send it to replay. John McCarthy stands in the middle of the octagon. Mark Goddard looks at the screen. He takes, uh, you know, in all the information. He looks at it. He makes his decision. He stands up. He goes to John McCarthy. 
this is a TKO or, or you know whatever this is a no contest this shouldn't have happened yeah. go on announce it John McCarthy should have no saying over what it is at all this should go to a third party person who is looking at it in the clear light of day who wasn't involved in it who can just look at it on its merits and decide how it goes yeah like, like TMO and rugby I agree yeah. with you on that one yeah the, the referee who's there shouldn't really have a say they should have a, a panel as they do in rugby that decision is made for them, and that's the the bottom line and, and end of uh, the decision. I did listen. You know, in terms of Chad Skelly, you have to feel sorry for him. You know, because mm-hmm. um, it's a shit way to lose a fight, especially as you know it, it should have never been stopped, in my opinion. And um, just hopefully the UFC and sense prevails in the new rematch. Yeah, and you know, you have to feel sorry for Bobby Moffat too because it looks exactly. You yeah, know, he could have got the choke there. You know, he was. It looked like it was close. You know, I, I think. I think Chad Skelly and a lot, lots of just stupidest fucking argument I've ever heard was, oh, if he didn't want to get uh, that decision, he shouldn't have got into Darth Shock in the first place. Are you oh, a, a fuck? Go fuck yourself, like, <laughs> like oh, he was nearly that's done. He was done as well. Was another thing people were saying, like, okay, so Vitor Belfort beat John Jones. You know th- that happened. Um, Frank Trigg, uh, Matthews too. Sure, Frank Trigg won that fight. Yeah, he should. You know, Matthew shouldn't have got himself in that in that rear naked choke. He shouldn't have got in there. Like this is the yeah, stupidest thing. Yeah, you can't say that. It, 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 it's zero relevance to what's actually going on in terms of the rules and what's being implemented and what's not being implemented. Mm-hmm. So any sort of comments like that, I wouldn't entertain them. It's just absolute stupidity coming out with shit like that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, a couple of the other fights. What did you think of Jermaine Durandy me versus Raquel Pennington? Ah, uh, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, was, it was shit. It was decent. Like, it, <laughs> oh, it, it, was it wasn't great. Very yeah. underwhelming. And I sort of said that during the week. Um, sort of a very underwhelming performance from um, Raquel Pennington. And I think it even showed in her missing way coming into this fight that maybe she does have a hangover from that world title fight. We see it so often, you know, uh, fighters find it hard to get themselves back up after a world title fight. Mm-hmm. And it, it clearly showed in that performance. Um you know, not not a particularly pleasing fight in the eye um, to watch, but yeah, I, I just I just worry really if Raquel is the drive anymore. That's that's my my thoughts about Raquel because she's a lot better than the performance she put in the other night. And listen, I know Jermaine is obviously a very very high level opponent and obviously the uh, former UFC champion, but. Um, just, just not good enough for me from Raquel Pennington at all. Yeah, Rocky's a hard one to get out of there. Now she makes fights tough, and you know she missed weight, and I didn't even realize until the fight was on that she'd missed weight last night. Because I, I was looking at her and like, you know, she's carrying an extra bit of weight that she could make 125 pounds. You know, uh, you know, your point was great there about her coming out of the title fight, and maybe you know the the same drive not being there. Maybe she needs that extra drive. Maybe she, mm. she needs to cut down and go to 125 pounds. I think she could make it. She's a small uh, bantamweight. I think I think she could probably get down there. But yeah, not a great fight. Jermaine Durandamy looked a bit rusty. Maybe she'd be better uh, in future. But, yeah. you know, Pennington's not, not an easy fight. What about what about Benil Dariush as well? You know, my boy, Team Sheehan. My, he's still my boy. Went in there. Took Thiago Moises down, almost got guillotined a couple of times. Thiago Moises kept going for that guillotine stupidly and, and getting on, on his back. But mm. this was this was really a grinding performance that Bini Lariut needed to just get the W in there, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was all about the win from a uh, very, very dominant display. Nearly finished uh, Moses uh, in a couple of occasions. I think rear naked choke on the deck. Um, good to see him back in there. Good to see him get a win. And I'll tell you what, it's you know, it's no mean feat that he 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 um he performed so well on the ground against a guy like Moses, who's, who's very, very well versed. You know, I think is he a former world champion jiu-jitsu guy as well? I think so. He's black belt, yeah. Man. 
and he's uh, you know he's very accomplished. So so good stuff. Good to see him back in there. Obviously the fight against uh, the up and coming Alex Hernandez was uh, you know he got absolutely starched in that one in the first one. Um, you know I think it was Barbosa before that as well maybe. Um, he lost. So so good to see him back in the winning. Um, in the what am I saying? Column. In the winning winning column. But a guy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still. I I I'm not. You know I, I think it's hard for me to look past Benil going um, further than sort of gatekeeper top five, How six in the division. You? How dare you? I'm just, I'm just being honest. You know, I think some of the losses he's had of, uh, you know, maybe he's a guy like Donald Cerrone, as you were saying a little bit around. Maybe we, we, we sort of give him a bit more leeway, think he's better than he is. I think he's the opposite. I think a lot of people think he's worse than he is. I think this guy is one of the best fighters in the world. I just think he's so physically uh, under par if you want to put it that way compared to other guys he, he his chin is bad he's just not he's not as fast or he's not as strong as other people are but i think he's technically so good his striking is really good he's defensively good as well but he gets knocked out with shots when other you know that you're always going to take shots mm. in mma but he gets knocked out with shots that other people wouldn't get knocked out even last night moises hit him with one shot and i thought he was going to get knocked out you know but on the ground he's just unbelievably good as well benil dariush is a great fighter i think he's the, he's the worst best fighter in the UFC someone asked that question last week and I really think he is I just think he can do it all but he I don't think he ever will do it all just because he has such physical you know limitations limitations exactly limitations it's 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 sad to see really you know when you know John Kavanaugh always talks about it you know this is not about talent this is about how you know you prepare and all and I've, I don't believe that at all and I think Benil Lariush is the is the prime example of that you know yeah, you can train yeah. as much as you want but if and it'll get you really far Benil Lariush is a top top five well top 10 top 15 whatever it is lightweight in the world and it'll get you far if you've you know that that ability to, to get that but if you don't have the physical attributes you're always going to come up short mm. always and i think he he probably will unfortunately for him but um you know some other good finish as well Devante smith had a good finish of, of julian arosa oh, that was unbelievable uh, yeah, brilliant brilliant uh finished davi ramos as well versus uh john gunter um undercard fights eric shelton martel arosa won there as well and mike trezana had a very very good um um performance against Luis Pena. what about this macy barber she she looks like She's someone who could be a, a big prospect coming in here. And you know, I, I hadn't heard of her. And a lot of people, you know, bloodbath. Yeah, a lot of people the said refer- to me, "This this girl is is the future." The referee did very poor again there. You know, I thought there was yeah. a number of fights where, um, you know, the, like she was just taking unanswered shots on the deck for probably about seven, eight, ten, fifteen shots. Too many blood all over her face. She couldn't see. The fight was over. The referee could have stopped that at literally about thirty seconds before he did. Um, yeah, listen, I, I'll be the same as well. I haven't seen a lot of her, but that was some performance last night and, and some way to start off your UFC career. And you know, obviously, we're we're, we're not too sure of the opponent, uh, you know, and how good she is either. But you know, there's definitely going to be other tests in that women's strawweight division. But another good addition by the looks of it to that strawweight division. So going to be interesting to see how she kicks on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on here and let's talk about next week's card for a second before we move on to other things. We won't say this too long. This card is is pretty shit, I'm not going to lie to you. In, in the main event, we have Neil Magny versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, which is, you know, not a bad fight. Then we have Ricardo, Lam- uh, yeah, Ricardo Lama sorry, against Darren Elkins. And after that, it gets a bit... Uh, does, not, not, not great. Cynthia Cavillo is coming back here. I like uh, Pantoja versus Ulsa Sasaki. I think, is that a rematch? I'm not sure, but it, that, should, that should be a good fight anyway. And then the rest is not great. Bit underwhelming, this, this fight card. It's, it's the first Tom, fight Tom card Brazil. in Argentina, didn't it? 
Tom Breeze is off injured as well yeah. this morning, so that's a bit of a blow. I was looking forward to seeing Tom get back in there. He's going up against Cesar Ferreira. Um, yeah, it's crap, really. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Yeah, I think... Is Pantoja Sasaki not a rematch as well? I actually thought it was, was as well, a, looking at it. Was that a no contest or something? Let me just look at their records here. No, it's not. Which, which no, they haven't. No. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I thought it was as well. But that should be a good fight, shouldn't I? I always yeah. love Sasaki because he's just so big, isn't he? Yeah, it's just a shame that the flyweights are, are, yeah, are going to be no more um, very, very soon. But yeah, that's a, that's a real shame um, about the whole flyweight situation at the moment. But yeah, listen, it's not a great card. Um, you know, we've. What do you think of Matt Magni's Pantanibio fight? Ah, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Is, is it worthy of a main event? Probably not. Um, Ricardo Lamas Elkins is the probably standout fight for me there. I think, you know, any sort of fight Darren Elkins Love is him. in the. Team Sheehan, yeah. Is um, an absolute war, and uh, I think that'll be uh, you know that'll be a good stiff test for both guys uh, going up against one another. Uh, Lamas, obviously, very very good fighter, former featherweight title challenger as well. So yeah, that's uh, that's the fight for me probably on the fight card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, you mentioned 135 pounds there, uh, and we we'll talk about that. But what what do you think about they announced? Well, maybe I don't know if it's announced, but a lot of people reported anyway that. TJ Dillashaw is fighting uh, Henry Cejudo at £125. Is there any logic? Zero logic, but what I think they're going to do here is just um, maybe um, just go out with a bit of a bang for the flyweight division. And and for TJ as well, you know, it does rise TJ's stock if he beats Henry Cejudo. I don't really understand any sort of logic behind it if the division's going, but that could probably be the only reason that I believe they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really think of any other reason because it's a very bizarre decision if those reports are true. Um, to keep going with the division, even though you've already started announcing guys who are leaving. Uh, I think Shorty Torres, who's obviously a very, very good up-and-coming flyweight, has, has actually been already given his marching orders from the UFC. So... Um, it's just weird, Sean. I, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to think of it. I, mean, I was a bit amused when I saw it. I had to double check to see if, if you know if, if flyweight was wrong. I thought it said bantamweight, mm-hmm. but just just a very very odd thing to do from the UFC. And I think that's you know that's probably the only reason maybe go out with a bang, or you know maybe it, it sort of adds to TJ Dillashaw's stock if he wins. Yeah, I fuck. I hate everything about this. I I hate. Do it. I, I fucking hate. It. Like they shouldn't be getting rid of flyweight. There's loads of really good flyweights. You know, there's some really really good fights. I, I I don't understand why they're getting rid of it. It's just and fucking stupid. When Cejudo wins the belt, you know. Do you think he'll beat him? No, I think TJ will win the fight. <laughs> but I'm saying, especially right that when when Cejudo wins the flyaway title, you know. Oh well, yeah, okay, yeah. We're seeing the guard change. We're seeing guys like Alexander Pantoja who are sort of you know these up and coming younger yeah. sort of generation fighters that you know we could have a very very good stack division in a couple of years time you've shorty torres as we said there as well another guy who looks really really good you've all these names sort of coming to the forefront now, now they're just going to be thrown off probably to to, to one fc it's, it's mm-hmm. mental it's yeah. absolutely astoundingly crazy decision and i spoke with ian mccall last week and, and we know ian and ian had actually told me you know a year prior that and i think the rumors sort of came out that one championship where um in talks with the UFC a year ago to acquire that flyweight division. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if some deal is reached in the next coming months um, where we see basically 
um, you know, 75%, 50% of the UFC flyweight roster uh, go over to one championship. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 a, it's a crying shame. Shame on you, yeah, UFC, with exactly. this 100%. Like, the only reason I, I can think they're doing this is kind of to amalgamate the titles, this TJ fight. But, like, if they were doing that, why wouldn't they just do it at 130 and then say, this is for both titles and whoever wins, it goes up to 135 and is the champion. Or just do it at 135 exactly. and make, make it, the double champ. Like, it's just... You know, I, I'd have my concerns whether TJ can get to 125 too, as well, you know. He's a guy who cuts a lot of weight to get 135, and you know he looks like shit when he's weighing in most of the time for 135 pound uh, fights. Yeah, I'm just concerned uh, in general about you know uh, this fight being at 125. I think we actually see a better fight at 135 as well. So, so who does who does struggle to make 125 as well before? Exactly, he'd have no problem making 135. But the the fight itself, I think TJ wins it easy. I just. I don't. I don't like anything about this. Like, I don't like the fight. I don't like the I getting like rid the of fight. Flyweight. I, like uh. fight. I, I think. I think it's. I think it's a good fight. I really do. I do agree with you. I think TJ wins, and I think TJ gets the finish. Um, but no, I like it. I think it's an exciting fight. I think both guys. You know, especially after the performance we saw from Henry Sado against Johnson, it's going to be interesting to see if he can replicate um, anything sort of near that performance against a guy who I think you know in the next couple of years i think we're going to be talking about tj's maybe even uh the pound for pound greatest fighter in the world um in terms of what he has in his skill set so yeah i do expect tj to win i do like it. i think we're going to see a very technical fast-paced fight as we always do with those sort of um lighter weight classes now i'm interested i definitely am but um yeah just still annoyed with the ufc really am yeah. really am uh <laughs> A couple more things here before we get to the questions. Floyd Mayweather versus T- Tension. Don't even, the name. Don't even mention it. <laughs> this is hilarious. Like my, myself and Phil did a, podca- did a podcast and I didn't post it for like a couple of days because I had another one. And in it, like I posted a podcast and like six hours later it came out that Floyd wasn't actually fighting. Like this was just completely like Floyd Mayweather getting 150 grand to fly to Japan to say he was fighting and never had an intention of fighting, did he? 100%. So I said it all week. I said, you know, um, with all the news at one championship and, you know, them signing Eddie Alvarez, them signing Demetrius Johnson, that it was um, it was just a publicity stunt to sort of take away the attention, probably even from one championship. Because who was talking about Ryzen for the last week? Who was the talk of the town? Exactly. All the talk was about one championship. Floyd got whatever, seven figures to go to fly to Japan, sit at a press conference, talk some smack, fights off. Fight yeah. was never happened. Um, <laughs> You know, what, what a man. You've got to admire have to, what yeah. he does, um, you know, to get some dollars in his pockets. And he, he's done it again. He's pulled the wall. Listen, just don't believe Anthony Floyd ever says again. He's that kind of guy. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. Okay, fair enough. When the, it was, the fight was announced to maybe believe it was real or whatever. You know, that, I, you know, it's what's in front of your face. But when it was called off, people were still believing that it was actually a real fight that I was going to have. I was like, what the fuck? talking about this is clearly clearly a publicity stunt a hundred percent he had no intention of ever fighting him they brought him over for a pr trip you know he t- he he talked in the press conference about oh this is going to be a real fight and we're going to fight now and then he comes out and then he says oh it was never going to be a real fight it was going to be like a three-round exhibition spar or whatever like fuck off who are you trying to fool like what the fuck he's so mad he's he so mad listen you, you gotta res- you gotta respect uh, what he does to get his dollars but it's good money if you can get um, it, isn't it? It is. That's it. Like, who wouldn't do it if they yeah. can get it? He's just this. I won't believe Anthony. I hear from Floyd Mayweather till he's actually, um, you know, in a cage or in a ring or in a, wherever it may be um, until, it's, you know, the fight's actually taken place anymore mm-hmm. because... 
He's just full of shit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what about Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis? Drew 250,000 buys. Very poor. When is Daniel Cormier getting traded? Is what I want to know. Um, Sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people talking last week about Demetrius Johnson. Oh, look, he doesn't draw. Why would they keep him? Why would they get rid of him? Daniel Cormier doesn't draw either. Nobody he's draws because he's boring. Who is boring? DJ. DC. <laughs> Fucking pricks. DC bores the. Oh, DC. Life DC yeah. bores you. Oh, I yeah. like no, I like a bit of DC. No, no, Jones is the man. Let's let's all be honest. <sighs> the dr- fucking Jones is the drug man. cheat. Drug cheat is all he is. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's way better. No, but you know, no, uh, we talked about this as well, and you know, Derek Lewis and, and what he brings to the table. Derek Lewis brings social media followers hot to balls. the table mm-hmm. and hot balls. Yeah, but it doesn't translate over. You know, these people who are following Derek Lewis for his his funny social media. And um, streaming, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna, they're not gonna, they're obviously not hard cut enough to, you know, buy the pay per view. And I think that was always a sort of worry going in. If you look at the ticket sales for Madison Square Garden, I'd say they gave away half those seats for free as well. Yeah. Man, that that arena was literally three quarters empty coming into fight week. Um, you know, as well, you talked about Daniel Cormier being a draw. You know, I just find him, him bland and dull. And I think, you know, as much as we, you know, we, we, we try and move on from the whole Jones thing, it's never going to go away from him. Mm. It really isn't. I, I think at heavyweight it has a little bit, but I, I just think nobody's a draw. Like, nobody is a draw apart from McGregor and, you know, Brock and yeah. Rosie and maybe John Jones a little bit. Daniel Cormier is not a draw. Daniel Cormier is only a draw when he has Jones or when he has, you know, this heavyweight versus light heavyweight gimmick that they had and I think it drew 450,000 buys or something, which isn't huge either. But they had that that draw and that gimmick there. He's not a draw by himself. You know, I think people maybe have been fooled in to say Daniel Cormier is a draw. And this deck's not in a way, you know, I wax lyrical about his, his fighting and everything last week and I like Daniel Cormier. I, I don't think he's boring. I, I like his fighting style and his ability to win but he's not a draw and you know I think you know people need to realise and you know I had a few people compliment me last week on my promo that I caught about nobody being a draw and to say DJ should have been traded because he's not a draw is a fucking idiotic argument altogether you know these you know a lot of these guys are just there because they're the best they're not there because they're making well they're, they're making the UFC loads of money but they're there basically to fill the card so that you know they can promote that three letters UFC so 250,000 people yeah. will buy it no matter who's fighting so you know just t- t- I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying Cormier is born in terms of fighting in terms of his personality you know I think and I think maybe that that reflects through on the amount of pay-per-views he's selling I think as you said there that they're after fighting the bill they're not you know they're, they're not very much else interested in any of the sort of shit talk that goes on um, that we'd see from Conor McGregor or Habib or someone like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe the difference with these guys. And, you know, it, often these guys are the best athletes in the world, but at a certain time, you're dead right. The, the, you know, who are the fucking draws in the UFC at the moment? Um, we're still waiting to see if, if, you know, Habib can hold out a pay-per-view on his own. I'm not so sure he can. Me neither, yeah. Um, you know, I think Connor was obviously the the main draw there. The card is at two two nine. You've John Jones, and I think John Jones and Gus, largely because of what we've seen from John Jones, the bad boy. Now he's he's not holding back and on his comments. He, he says what he wants. He's a very very different John Jones than we saw four or five years ago. And plus the fact the Alexander Gustafsson fight was such a cracker the first fight that I think people are going to generally tune in and, and buy this fight. Mm-hmm. And I think John is in many ways. Um, I wouldn't say like Connor, but he's he's that brashness and that arrogance now that maybe translates over 
to a broader audience. You know, people want to see him get in there. Maybe want to see the, you know, maybe want to see him get slapped around a bit. Probably mm-hmm. not going to happen. But I think that's where John Jones is sort of differentiated himself in terms of marketing compared to the likes of Daniel Cormier. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's get let's get to the questions here. Uh, you can send in all your questions all week if you sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. I put a post up there. It's going to be, it's free for everyone every Sunday so you can go over there uh, and you can sign up as well. We're going to have loads of stuff off this week. We have two, two um, 15 minute segment um, podcasts to do so they're going to be up probably Wednesday and Thursday depending on when Graham is going to be back. Um, Instagram as well. Follow us at severe MMA podcast. We're going to in- answer some questions from instagram here for the next month or two we're gonna have first questions every week on the podcast is going to be on instagram so go over to instagram follow us there i'm going to put up a post uh, in the insta stories every week so you can put questions up there uh, you can send in as well to whatsapp 0873644602 and of course on twitter at severe mma pod so here we go uh graham i nearly called you uh, and i called you, nearly called you i nearly called you andrew in after that no jesus how are you first question here Christ. from ross h who do you think was winning the fight before the knockout i, I think i think it was close but i think gary was winning you think uh the korean zombie don't you yeah 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 uh chris mclaughlin do you think it's a bad move for cowboy Cerrone to go back down to 155 so late in his career it's it's an interesting yeah, one it is. and he said his weight was heavier than it's ever been coming into fight week this week so maybe uh, in terms of um, his metabolism, um, the weight is you know harder to get off. But you know, let's you know, Donald is um, very professional in terms of um, you know making weight most of the time in his career. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at the terms of size of him at one seventy, you know, we saw it against Darren Till, the bigger guys in the division. He's going to always struggle, I think, um, at that yeah. weight class because. Um, you know, Darren just ran through him. Look at the size difference. It was literally a gorilla against a, a chimpanzee in there in that fight in terms of size. But um, sorry, my microphone's just falling off here, Sean. It's not right. on. But um, no, it's uh, you know, 155 is his division. It's the division for him in terms of um, his size, and I think it'll translate a lot better at 155 against smaller guys than that yeah. colossal sort of. Uh, Probably most of them are middleweights or light heavyweights uh, the upper side of that division in the welterweight division. I like, look at Woodley as well, man. The mm-hmm. guy's like, what, 210 yeah. pounds? Yeah. He's, he's huge. So, Tail yeah, well, well, m- like, yeah. M- much better weight class from his 155. 100%. Uh, over on Patreon, Evan Keevney. Tom Dukumwa said in Eurobash this week that he's moved to Team Alpha Male. Thoughts on that move? Yeah, that, I, I think that's not a, not a bad move for him. I, I think he, he's, he was, uh, you know, he wasn't improving that much, I don't think, at, at Jackson's over the last while. And maybe, the, you know, the Cerrone thing, thing is right. And obviously going to Team Alpha Male, where there's a lot of, of smaller guys as well. That's that's a pretty good move for, for Tom Ducamois, isn't it? And, you know, he's fighting Nathaniel Wood coming up here. And I'm sure you, you lads 100%. talked about that as well. That That's going to be... That's going to be a good fight. Oh, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing... seeing uh, crack and scrap. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, Jackson's has always been a problem. There's not a lot of small guys down there compared to other gyms. You know, <laughs> I know they often joke about it, but you see... Um, you see um, John Dodson and Arlovsky yeah. when, they, when they were there, like, <laughs> yeah. messing around together because there's, there's, there's so few small guys there. Team Alpha Male, it's a small guys gym. Um, smaller weight classes, way more beneficial for Tom, and especially when he's preferring for a guy like Nathaniel Wood, who's, you know, one of the best prospects in Europe. Um, well, both of them are, you know, well, it was supposed to be. But, you know, I think Tom as well, uh, maybe it wasn't working out from a Jackson's. We didn't see much of an improvement as I think everyone thought we would have seen in his two uh, UFC fights to date. And I think maybe um, sort of a refreshing new atmosphere will rejuvenate Tom and, and, and fighting with, as I said, smaller guys and uh, a guy like, um, you know, Uriah Faber and, and uh, you know, obviously Cody Garbrandt as well is definitely going to stand to him in, in terms of developing. 
Mm-hmm. The uh, skills. I mean, Keeney, if you could make one trade between the UFC and Bellator, who would it be? I would trade Nick Diaz for Michael Chandler because I don't think Nick Diaz is doing too much in the UFC at the moment. Nick love Diaz see- isn't even a fighter anymore. Yeah, but trade him with Scott Coker would be able to talk him around and get him a few fights and, you know, have him fight Rampage Jackson and fucking heavyweight or something like that. Scott Coker could do shit like that. I want Gegard back in the middleweight division. Oh, I like that. And who would you give him? Who yeah. would you give the Bellator for him? Um, uh, who's washed up? Weidman. <laughs> Chris Weidman, is it? Chris Weidman. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll trade Chris. We'll trade Chris, yeah. We'll trade Chris. Uh, Turns Turn Davidson, what's the best and worst parts of your job? What do you think, Niall? Everything is shit. I hate yeah. sport. <laughs> Sport is dead to me. Uh, yeah, it is to me too. I think the best part of it is like last night when there's just a mad, insane moment and you sit there for like eight hours waiting for it and then it comes and it's just brilliant. I, I think the worst part of it is maybe waiting for the eight hours to do it. But I Yeah, that's that's it. I know, in, in, in all honesty, I think it's, you know, when you when you get to see and, and talk to so many great athletes, that's, that's what I'd say in so many, and compared to other sports as well, you know, in terms of MMA, um, there's so many great characters so many um, the, the, the fighters are so accessible compared to other sports as well and you know you, you got to appreciate that you got to respect that and I think it's sort of the ethos of, of the sport and obviously celebrating 25 years this weekend mm-hmm. as well it's uh, it's been pretty cool um, but yeah no I agree with you you know moments like that and it, it's just sort of you know how fitting was last night it, it was yeah. totally fitting the way the fight ended and it's 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 moments like that and i don't know whether it's it's fate or, or what it is but it's uh, it's cool it's yeah, cool 100 right last two questions here i'll answer the rest of the questions that you send in over on the q a on patreon it'll be up on tuesday morning so sign up there patreon.com for slash severe my podcast uh laurie O'Dwyer, how cringe and awkward is one intro of eddie and demetrius on a scale of nine to <laughs> nine to ten uh, it could be more wwf back in the day i didn't actually see it did you see that the no, i haven't seen it no i, I must have checked no. that out we'll, we'll check it out we'll talk about it next week uh, Sean Denny, what do you think of Bellew getting an 8 count when he was clearly knocked out theoretically? He could have answered it and got sparked again. Yeah, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? He That should have been stopped immediately. Oh, I didn't but, see it because it was at work. Oh, yeah. Well, fair didn't enough. Get yeah, home he, didn't get home till half 10 last night. <laughs> he, got absolutely, he got absolutely smashed. But yeah, it was, it was a good fight up until that, though, in fairness. And uh, Usyk is. is I heard he held his own. I must, did, uh, I must did, watch yeah. it back. And I heard he was winning probably. Uh, Probably on a few judges' scorecards up until the point the fight was finished. Yeah, I don't think he probably should have been. I thought, I thought it was even, maybe, but Usyk was definitely taking over was, either was way. That anyway, just, so. Was that just Sky talking pipe uh, again? Um, I, I, Carl Froch had him up four rounds, I think. Or, or he, okay. he had him winning, but it was after like six or whatever. <laughs> it was just Froch, Froch does talk an exceptional yeah. amount oh, of brown, though. He's just terrible, and I loved Carl Froch. Carl Froch was one of my favourite fighters ever, but he is a terrible, terrible commentator. Like, it's, as well, I think as MMA fans, we, we should be so lucky. We have so many many good commentators like and there's actually so few good commentators in sport the fact that we have like four or five is where we're so fucking looking we've got this point in mma now where you're even like jimmy smith is that good but there's other guys there that are equally as good now and it's just i never thought i'd say that like i love jimmy smith you know at his times at bellator when he came over we've paul felder now he's obviously made a big big statement in the last year in terms of you know getting his first pay-per-view last week we've dominic cruz is still the best the for best. me yeah i agree um absolutely phenomenal um dc nah there's the weak link there mm, he's, he's okay he's terrible He's terrible. He's 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 like it's like a fan in in, in the commentary booth. Talk rules, talk rules, and all this rubbish. What's that all about? Like <laughs> for all DC. What did DC? I've said the same to you, but I feel like I need to stand. Or I've said the same about DC, but I feel like I need to stand up for him because you're poor DC. What did he ever do to you? Bad. You're just a John Jones shill. That's all you were. 
all. I just see. I just think it's. I just think it's a bit fake at times. Yeah, it's definitely fake at times. So you think he's trying to be the next Rogan? It feels like he's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not, doesn't translate. Doesn't translate. Yeah, doesn't translate. All right. Give it, give it a pound of Kerrygold butter. That's a fact. That's and what my, he needs. My, Beautiful. There's nothing like it. A pint of Guinness and a pound of Kerrygold butter. What more would you want? Nothing. A nice young young Irish lad. <laughs> Easy enough. It's a married man, Niall. How dare you? Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Niall, thanks for joining me. Tell everybody where they can find you, all the podcasts, all your work and your Twitter and everything like that. Catch me on Twitter, Instagram, all that. Niall McGrath 4, over and off the ball. Um, new show as well, off the brawl. Um, we'll have to have you on, Sean, one of the, one of the evenings. Definitely. I'm always up for it. Um, on the show and uh, yeah we'll have a new one out tonight um, streaming live I'm not sure what time but um, you'll get on YouTube all that good stuff Cobby Covington and stopping by as well dropping some absolute bombs so <laughs> don't don't miss that one it's uh, it's explosive to say the least beautiful Eurobash as well what day does that come out tell people what I'm not on it this week unfortunately um, I am working all day tomorrow so I can't be on it but that will be out on Tuesday morning uh, over an MMA fighting um, with the little Blanchardstown whipper uh, car robbing thief Peter Carroll mm, never like that fella never liked him alright Niall thanks very much for joining me thanks to every <laughs> thanks to everybody for listening and we leave you here on the inspirational quote of the week the re- stop talking for us <laughs> I have to do it people, people give out to me if I don't do it stop go on <laughs> The richest person is not the person who has the most, but he, <laughs> but he who needs the least. We'll see you next Tuesday. I don't know when. Probably next Sunday. All right. Good luck.